Hey, what's going on everybody and welcome to a brand new episode of Revelation Communication. This is episode number 81. We're in season 3, the 13th episode of this third season of the year 2022. And thank you so much everybody for just taking the time to check in, to listen in, to watch, um, and just to receive this podcast. Uh, I just find great joy doing them and uh, giving them to you and I hope that you find the same joy in receiving them and and getting some encouragement, maybe getting some edification, sometimes some admonishment, but um, I hope this podcast is encouragement to you. With that being said, um, sharing a lot of familiar verses today, but um, a, a tough subject I want to talk about. I want to talk about hell. Um, but before I do, l- let me share with you the text. John 3, 16, 17, and 18 says this, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. God and that condemnation that is spoken about there in verse 18 is hell. And so that's what I want to talk about today. You know, hell is a is a place that um a lot of people don't want to hear about. They don't want to talk about. Um it's a place that many pastors don't want to preach about. In fact, man, RC Sproul, a great theologian was asked which doctrine he struggled with the most. And his reply was hell. Hell is a place that will be occupied by those who didn't think they'd be there. In fact, I believe it's safe to say that billions, hundreds of billions, in fact, throughout eternity, at some point will occupy hell, while millions will occupy heaven. You know, Jesus spoke about hell more than any other person in the Bible spoke about hell. And so it is, I believe, of the utmost importance that hell is addressed by the pulpit. You know, for for illustration purposes today, I'm referring to the lake of fire as hell. Um, This lake of fire is spoken about um, primarily in uh, the book of Revelation, but Jesus also addressed it in the Gospels. Um, but this lake of fire is um, spoken of after the second death in Revelation 21. This is after the great white throne of judgment where the final judgment on mankind is taking place and your eternal dwelling place will either be in the kingdom of God or in the lake of fire. But how does the Bible describe hell? I want to start there. I want to start start by talking about how the Bible describes hell. The Bible says that it's a place that burns with fire and brimstone. It says that it's a place with everlasting punishment. It's a place of everlasting destruction. It's a place that will eternally destroy the soul and the body. Hell is called the furnace of fire. It says that there will be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Imagine, if you will, in hell, continuous wailing, 
crying out. I, I can only liken it to the wailing of a grieving mother who has lost a child or of a son or of a daughter who has lost a mom or a dad. The, the wailing and the sorrow that will eternally inhabit hell. The gnashing of teeth, the grinding of teeth, the, the biting of the tongue because of the sorrow and the lamentation taking place in hell. It's a place of torment both day and night, forever and ever. Revelation 14, 11 says, And the smoke of their torment ascendeth up forever and ever, and they have no rest day nor night who worship the beast and his image and whosoever receiveth the mark of his name. Imagine never being able to rest from the torment, from the flames, from the smoke, from the sorrow, from the lamentation. Imagine never being able to rest from that, both day and night, forever and ever. It is on a continuous cycle. In the story of the rich man and Lazarus, and in Luke chapter 16, it says the rich man was tormented in the flame and begged for water but could not have any. It says in Luke 16, verse 26, about hell that, and beside all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. In other words, hell is forever. You cannot enter into heaven once you have been condemned to hell and you cannot enter into hell once you have inherited the kingdom of God. The reality of hell is that it is eternal. You will suffer forever. You will never feel the presence of God because God is not in hell. He's not there. You will never feel the daily grace, the daily mercy, the daily favor, the daily kindness that God shows each and every person alive today. They will forever be removed from those whose eternal dwelling place is the lake of fire. Folks, if you woke up today, that is by the grace and favor and kindness of God. That will be removed There's no pleasure in hell. A lot of people like to joke around, oh, we're going to party in hell. I'll see you down there. There's no parties, folks. There's no comfort. There's no rest. Just non-stop torture for all eternity. The flames and the smoke will engulf you continually where you will feel like you're suffocating while being burned alive all at the same time and you can't escape it. You'll never get out of hell. Hell will never be over. And the reason I believe that Jesus was so vocal about hell is because he knows, he knew in his earthly ministry what awaits those that don't place their faith and trust in him. 
and he warned people against the absolute reality of hell. He warned them, pleaded with them, begged them, gave his life for them. In an article published in the Gospel Coalition, written by Leslie uh, Schmucker, she writes, The one truth that allows me to accept the justice of hell is the indisputable certitude of the goodness of God. You know, it's easy to ask the question, why would God send anyone to hell? If hell is in fact this bad, why would a loving, compassionate, merciful, gracious God send anyone there? You know, the short answer is God doesn't send anyone to hell. We send ourselves. But when you come to understand the full truth, the magnitude of the goodness, the mercy, the grace, the gift, and the love of God, but yet continue to reject that, what else would you have God do? What more would you want him to do? He's already given it all. What more would you have him do? God sacrificed everything for you and I. Jesus' blood cleansed everything for you and I. And all he requires is the ABCs. And I'll get to that in a bit. But God sent his only begotten son to die for the adulterer, to die for the murderer, for the fornicator, for the sodomite, for the drunkard, for the liar, for the thief. But what has man done? Man has trivialized sin and called them something else. Oh, it's just an affair. Everybody has an affair. It's just a one-night stand. It's just gay love. It's just pro-choice. It's just a drink or two. It's just a little white lie. Oh, I, I only took a candy bar. I only took 10 minutes of time from my employer. We do this so that we can come up with an excuse as to avoid the consequences and realities of our choices, including the magnitude of hell and the avoidance of the need for salvation. You see, when people accept that they're sinners, when people accept that an affair is actually an adultery, that a one-night stand is actually fornication, that gay love is actually sodomy, that pro-choice is actually murder, that a drink or two is actually a drunkard, that a little white lie is a lie, that it's just a candy bar is actually thievery, when we begin to accept that and acknowledge that, the reality of the need of a Savior and salvation and forgiveness hits us right upside the head. But we trivialize our sins and we shove them down. We don't talk about them. We speak of them in a light manner so that we can avoid the need of salvation and calling it what it is, sin. One of the greatest lies ever told 
was spoken by the false teacher. I don't even call him a pastor because he's not. Joel Osteen. When he said that, and I quote, 99.9% of people aren't bad people. They may make poor choices, but deep down they've got a good heart. End quote. One only needs to do a quick reference search in the scriptures of the condition of man's heart to realize that it is deceitful, to realize that it is desperately wicked, to realize that it is full of evil, full of vain vanity, full of deceit. No, Mr. Osteen, 99.9% of people aren't bad people. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, Mr. Osteen. 100% of people are bad people. What does Paul say in 1 Corinthians 6, 9, and 10? Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? They shall not, folks, pay attention here. Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. But if you go on to read verse 11, Paul says, but such were some of you. You see, we can all be cleansed. We can all be cleansed from those behaviors, from those things that keep us out of the kingdom of God. And fact check, ladies and gentlemen, if you're not inheriting the kingdom of God, hell is your inheritance. Is hell a scary place to even think about? Absolutely. But please understand, my intention is not to scare anyone. I don't want to scare you into salvation. That's not the purpose of the gospel. My intention is to keep everyone from going to a place that there's no escaping from. Listen, Hollywood movies, musicians, and the like, they enjoy flirting with the idea of hell on the big screen or in music. There's way too many movies coming out that are demonic-themed, that are satanic-themed, that are hell-themed, and plenty of musicians have sung about hell. But there is nothing, ladies and gentlemen, I repeat, there is nothing that their finite minds can conjure up to begin to even compare to the sorrow, the agony, the shame, the guilt, the eternal damnation that awaits all those who forego the gift of God that is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. You know, I mentioned earlier the ABCs. The Bible is very clear on what needs to happen to inherit that eternal life given to us through the death, through the burial, and through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Letter A, you must first admit you're a sinner. 
I've already said it, but Romans 3.23 says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We must admit that we're sinners. Letter B, you must believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. John 14.6 says that I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father but by me. It's Jesus and only Jesus, ladies and gentlemen. And letter C, you must call upon his name. Romans 10.13 says, For whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I implore you today, if you've not given your life to Christ, surrender today and receive the blessed assurance that Jesus is yours and the hope of glory that awaits all who do. Ladies and gentlemen, stay out of hell. I beg you, stay out of hell. Listen, just a few reminders before I get going today. Wednesday night, our midweek Bible study does take place at 7 p.m. right here at Revelation Church. We are still going through our series, Avoiding Confusion, and I invite you and encourage you to come join us on Wednesdays at 7 o'clock. Also, our Sunday morning worship service takes place at 10 a.m. We are just at the front end of a great series called the Sermon on the Mount, and I invite you and encourage you to come join us on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. Also on the second and fourth Sunday, actually this Sunday coming up, is our Miles Park Prayer Ministry where we head down to Miles Park in Indio, California just for the intent of going down there and praying for all those that might need some prayer and some assistance and just need to be ministered to down there at the park. And finally, don't forget in a couple of days, a brand new episode of Revelation Communication Current Events will be sent out to you all. You can find all the links to our podcasts, our sermons, our Bible studies, as well as the links to our social media pages by heading on over to our website, www.revchurchcv.com. And finally, if you do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, maybe you have uh, confessed those ABCs, you've spoken those ABCs, you want more information about how to receive him as your Lord and Savior, or if I can even just pray for you, I encourage you and I invite you back to our website. Once again, it's www.revchurchcv.com. Scroll all the way down to the bottom. You'll find my contact information down there, or you can just leave me a message. Thank you so much for tuning in today. My name is Solomon Stewart with Revelation Communication.